But I want you to know uh, today is a good day and it's a good day to be alive. Amen? Amen. You know, sometimes we live life focused on the wrong things. And, and I said something to you a few weeks ago. And uh, we're going to get into part four of Soul Sessions. We're going to end this thing today, or my plan is to end this thing today. But the last time I had a series that I tried to end, it went 12 more weeks, so we'll see where we go. Um, But, you know, a lot of times we get really caught up in, in what we think is God, and we completely miss who He is. Um, I told you a few weeks ago there's a statement that the Lord spoke to me a while ago and reminded me of when I was really in a struggle not too long ago. And he said to me, he said, Alan, either I'm right about you or you're right about you. And I have hung on to that statement now for for weeks, almost months, because there are times when in Alan I am completely inadequate. Y'all understand. Y'all been there. There, And and I walk out of my office. Y'all would be surprised at the times I walk off of this stage and I walk in that office and I want to fire myself. It's just, I mean, it's the nature of ministry. Any minister that tells you they knock it out of the park every Sunday, you don't need to be listening to them anyway. They're crazy and they're lying. Praise the Lord. Get your purse and kids get out. Um, but there's times, and, and this, is, this is the funny thing. There are times that I walk off of the stage and with my chest out because I'm like, boy, I just, I nailed it. And nobody says nothing. And there are days that I walk off this stage and I want to cry. And I'm just hugging y'all's neck out of pure grace. Lord Jesus, get me in my office. And everybody's like, they won't let me to my office because that was a change my life. It's amazing. And I'm like, what is, what's wrong with you people? What is, but what it is is there's pride and there's ego and there's arrogance in that. And it's not just me. It's all of us. It's, it's, it's life. And, and you have to understand that your job is to lean on him. And you can't lean on him if you don't know him. I'm not talking about being saved. There's a lot of people that have accepted Jesus that don't lean on God. They have accepted Jesus. They got a fire policy. They're going to heaven. Thank God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the person that, you, you know me, I'm, I'm graceful. I, I think that, I believe in deathbed salvation, man. I'm so thankful for, for, for that. I really, people argue with me, and you know, I just don't believe in deathbed salvation. Well, the Bible says believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's, that's parameters of getting saved. So if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and take your last breath, you hit heaven wide open. Thank God for that. Well, the pastor, I just don't believe that. Well, don't call me when you're taking your last dying, wheezing dog breath. Because I promise you, you're going to start believing it. Somewhere along the line, you're going to realize that you are, you're, you're, you're mortal. And we live these lives. I ain't even got on my notes, y'all. Hang on. We live these lives. We live these lives that are so focused on self. And, and I believe this. And I believe that. And this is what I think. And this is what they think. And this is what I've been taught. And this is what I know. The truth is, is every answer is in here. And nobody in this room has all of them. Matter of fact, your job daily is to get in this thing and find yourself and start learning instead of declaring what you know and get what he knows. Because if you could settle into a place where you do what he says, your life can completely change. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. I better get some scripture in y'all before I get in trouble. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4. I was going to use my iPad today, but I don't know. I see myself on camera with these glasses, and I think, man, you look good. You need to read out that Bible more. (laughs) My wife just rolled. Y'all, I heard her eyes roll. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Proverbs 4 and 23. Y'all happy this morning? God's good. You know, it could be worse, so. I've preached worse, I promise. (laughs) Somebody said, amen, what's wrong with y'all? 
Proverbs 4 and 23. Now, I'm reading the New King James. I don't know what version you have. I'm reading the New King James, and I'm going to read the Good News translation. Verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now, the Good News translation says it this way, Be careful how you think, for your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now, what's wrong here is, in the translation of this from uh, Aramaic, from Hebrew, from Greek over into King James, there were some flaws, and a lot of it's in punctuation because they, they, speak, they spoke differently. Um, you got to understand that Hebrew people, anybody that's heard a really good fireball preacher has heard them make a point or kind of make a point and take 10 minutes to elaborate on that point and build it up to where everybody's shouting glory and then they make their point and everybody has a good time. Well, Hebrew people were completely different. Hebrew people made their point right out of the gate. This is the deal. And then they just begin to explain to you why they were more of a teaching culture. So when that was translated, because the way people taught was different, the, the, the parameters of how they did punctuation was different. So where they put commas in this is, is not really where it should be. Actually, right here where it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It actually should be this. It actually should be, keep thy heart, comma, with all diligence are the issues of life. You see that? You see how it changes everything? Because the only way to keep your heart is to keep your heart in his word. Then if you're diligent in his heart and in his word, it begins to change your life to, to whatever he's called you into as long as you're diligent in his word. Now, whatever you're diligent in is what you will become. If you're diligent in anything that's other than what he says, that is what will fill you. Whatever fills you up is what will come out of you. April made a great example in the team meeting today. Uh, and I can't remember where you said you got it from. You got it from Miss Margaret. You got it from Miss Margaret. Uh, the, the example was, and if I butcher it, tell me. But the example that she gave in the team meeting was, if you bump into somebody with a cup of coffee and they spill it, what comes out of the coffee cup? Coffee. And you bump into somebody with sweet tea, what comes out of it? Sweet tea. And if somebody bumps into you or bumps into your world or bumps into your life and makes you mad, what comes out of you? That's what you're becoming. That's what you're full of. And that absolutely is something that it's a very sobering thought. It makes you think about things a different way. Because we let culture define who we are. We let everything around us. We let, listen, we let church culture define who we are. We, we, you know, you're, you're either in, you're either in, in this type of church or in this type of church. And, and if you're in this type of church, you must know more than the people in this type of church. And if you're in this type of church and you go to that church, y'all all going to hell. And if you go to this church and you believe that, y'all crazy. And, and the truth is, is we all believe in Jesus. I would like to see the point where we all agree on one thing versus arguing about everything. Because the truth is, it all comes back to him. And the Bible says in Genesis that he's the word made flesh. That this is the litmus test. This is what we go by. But we let culture define who we are and we settle into a place where we let our past define who we are. So we got a culture that tells us you should be this way, this is okay, you should think that way, it's all right, everything's fine. We're living in a culture in a day and time where somebody that is nominated for a position in government can be crucified publicly with absolutely no proof. But as a man, y'all, and as a man in authority, that's scary. That's scary that one accusation can take an entire family down. Now, I'm not saying that if something's happened to you, you shouldn't say I'm not saying y'all know me well enough to know that I don't, I don't deal with abuse like that. You, you better tell somebody. But when, we, when you live in a culture that that's okay, you better somewhere on the inside of you get back to your prayer closet. 
Because we are taxed with the ability to change this nation, not government. We're taxed with the ability to change the culture around us. But if you, if you, if you subscribe to the culture then all of a sudden your culture begins to tell you, well, it's okay because this is what happened to you. Well, listen, let me tell you something. If April was to step up here with me, and I'm not going to ask her to do that, but if April was to step up here with me and we laid our life out on the line to you, y'all would be shocked at the junk between me and her we've been through from, as, from little kids till now. The fact that we could even function is a, it's amazing to me. We have to remind each other sometimes you're not that person. You are not what happened to you. You are not what they did to you. It is not your fault, and you don't have to live by the failure of others. You don't have to. And when you get past the fact that what happened to you doesn't have to define you, you have to redefine yourself, and the best way to do it is through what he says about you. He says you're the head and not the tail. That's what he said. I didn't say it. I said some things about something. No, I'm playing. He said you're the hand and not the tail. He says you're above and not beneath. He says that I want to bless you. I want the blessing of the Lord to overtake you. He says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. He doesn't want hard work or toil. Listen, God is not going to pour out on you without effort, but it is not in pressure. Anytime someone, somebody, some church, some thought is reminding you of your past and your failure, that ain't God. And there's not a person with any kind of degree on the planet can take me through that Bible and show me because I spent 23 years trying to figure it out as a drug addict one day and set free the next. How did that happen? Because he's good. Simply put, because he's good. People want to see God as not good. People want to see the issues of their life as his fault. People want to see you in a place where you can blame. Our entire culture is built on blaming somebody else. It's amazing to me that, that you can't get a straight answer from somebody because, it, well, this, the church is in love with punishment. But yet Jesus took all the punishment that you were supposed to take on him. So how can you be in love with something and want to punish somebody when Jesus carried that to the cross? So what he did wasn't good enough. Standing up in front of the church and bearing your nastiness, boy, that has to happen. It amazes me how our human brains screw up what God did because we think we know more. I'm a person that has absolutely seen the glory of God in my life change who I am. Now, when, when, I, when I went in that church as a drug addict, now y'all know my story. I, I would never been in a Pentecostal church in my life. And when I went in there, it was all dancing around and shouting. A lady right in front of me with like 12-inch stilettos. Loudest woman in the church. I thought she was going to backflip and, and hit my jugular. And I told April, I said, I, I'm going to shoot this woman. I'm just going to, hey, listen, they believe in healing. We're about to find out. <laughs> Long hair, smelled like dope. I got jacked up before I went, but I walked, hey, <laughs> Jesus don't remember that girl. What's wrong with you? But I walked out different, not because I grew up Pentecostal, not because I prayed in the Holy Ghost, not because I ran, not because I shouted, not because I, I thought about it in a Baptist mindset, a Methodist mindset, or whatever mindset. It's because I ran into a God that was bigger than I was, and I needed him. And for some crazy reason, he needed me. Still ain't figured that out yet. Don't amen that. <laughs> but I'm finding out the more that I just become the person he called me to be, not what ministry says I should be, the more people hear me. Because the truth is, is all God wants is you. 
That's all he wants. Now listen, when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. Now that doesn't mean you don't have spiritual effort, but the work, the absolute work of personal pressure to become something was ended. Everything you walk in, you walk in by faith. You believe God. You listen to him. Let him talk to you. And everything he tells you, let me tell you something so so some of you spiritual people will get it. Anything that God speaks to you, he will confirm right here. So some of this fruity stuff that's going on, listen, just let them be fruity and go on. It ain't your job to stop them from praying in tongues in Walmart. That ain't your job. They shouldn't be doing it, but but still, that's not your job. You just go and do your thing. Trip them if you can. Maybe they'll bite the end of their tongue. I'll put it into that mess. It makes us look. Y'all, I am so, I'm sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. I will hear about that one later. <laughs> because I'm tired. I'm tired of what the Holy Spirit's really trying to do in people made to look foolish by people who have no understanding. I'm tired of that. I, I go in places and I preach. And, and when, I, when I go to Canaan land and we get to go over into the gifts and, 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 and get to lay hands on people and pray in the spirit. And God begins to reveal things and you talk to them. And it's so gentle and it's so loving and it's so kind. And I see people change like that. But when you come in and try to fire breathe and knock people down so you can put on your show, it's more about you than it is God. Amen. I ain't even on soul sessions yet. I hope y'all got some time. Listen. We talked about this. We went through four different parts of of how your soul works. The first thing is addiction. You get addicted to something. And because you're addicted to it, you really wrestle with it. You're not connected to God. You're connected to the world. And when you try to break it, you get over into a depressive state. When you get over in your depressive state, then then all of a sudden, because you you want to deal with it. But now you're angry because you don't know how to deal with it. But then all of a sudden, now you want to deal with it. You recognize that I'm struggling with this. My soul is tied to it. And then all of a sudden, you get to the last one, which is really the most important one. Number four is insecurity. Every wound in your life was designed by the enemy to plant a seed of insecurity because you cannot be secure in him if you don't know who you are. I remember when my father passed away at 12 years old. When I was a 12-year-old 12 12 little boy, when my dad died, I knew more about being a good man at 12 years old than most because my dad knew he was going to die, and he took me for the last year and a half of his life and pulled me up in a hospital bed every single day and told me this is what a good man does. Did, now, did I do all that? No, but it was in there. And when I became a man, when I became a father, these, these seeds that were put in me start to come out. I was secure in what my dad taught me even though I lost him early. Now, what I'm trying to get you to understand, and I don't know if I'm doing a good job of it or not, but what I'm trying to get you to understand, and we started it with the opening prayer, is that God's not mad at you. So if the creator of the universe is not angry with you and has an ultimate desire to talk to you, then at what point does the breakdown happen? It happens inside of us. It happens at a place where we decide something's wrong. I did this. I said this. I was looked at this. I put, put my eyes on that. I was listening to this. I was thinking this way. All these things religion put on us. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have conviction. I'm not saying you shouldn't be convicted by things. However, I am saying if you live your life by a list of rules, you're going to fail every time. You have to listen to the inside of your heart. You have to listen to the spirit of who you are, not your emotions, not your soul. You remember I spent two weeks teaching you how you're a three-part being. You're in a body. You have a soul, but you are a spirit. And it's your spirit that wants to be forever connected to God. The minute you got saved, you got energized. 
But your soul has been there from the day you were born. So your soul has more years behind it of activation and has more thoughts in it of how it's supposed to operate. And there's this internal battle. Have you ever had the argument with yourself that you're going to have with somebody else? Oh, girl, she's going to say this and I'm going to say that and she's going to do this. Do you realize the other person ain't even affected, but yet you just stress yourself out for an hour and your body will react as if you had that argument? Are y'all listening? You will have those emotions. You'll have toxins released. I ain't got time to get into the medicine of it, but you'll have toxins released into your system. Things will happen as if you actually had that argument and nobody said nothing but you and your crazy self. How many times? Now, listen, I, 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 can, use, I can use us. There's been time Now, before cell phones, because let me tell you something. Can't nobody type faster than a mad woman. Son, I'll get a text, and I'm fixing the answer, and four, th- four more come through, and I'm like, what did I do? Jesus? Uh, but before, before cell phones, which, man, we need to bury those things. But before, before, before cell phones, when I worked at a mattress factory, I, I would call her. I had a 9 o'clock break, a lunchtime break, and 1.30 break. Whatever time we talked that particular day, because sometimes when I called, she wasn't available or she wasn't home. It was a pay phone. You know, y'all don't know nothing about no pay phone. Bless y'all's heart. Y'all just walk up and tap it. You wouldn't even know. But it had numbers. You actually push them, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it took you money, too. Uh, and it didn't give you no drink, either. So, I would call her, and, and we had 10 minutes, and you really only could be on the phone like five because you had to get back to your station. And in that five minutes, we'd talk about something, and something would get a little sideways, and, or she would hear me say something out of work. You know how work frustrates you sometimes. And she would take it as if I was frustrated at her. And I'm just dealing with work because let me tell you something. There's things that goes on in man land you don't need to take home, fellas. You need to leave it there. And I would get home, and she would be white-knuckled. She would be in tears. She's like, you sounded so far. Are you leaving me? I just want something to eat. But see, that's what that seed did. It grows because it grows in the soul in an improper way faster. Weeds grow faster than your lawn. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is if you learn how to operate in your soul, and I'm going to tell you the one secret. Y'all want the one very simple secret to operate in your spirit first? It's real simple. Keep your mouth shut. Now, I hadn't mastered this, but I, I do know it exists somewhere in the world, but I haven't found it yet. If you can keep your mouth shut and not react and slow down, God begins to talk to you about whatever situation you're in. You got to be willing to hear it. Well, I don't know if God talks to me, Pastor. I think you're crazy. God, listen, trust me, God talks to you more than you listen. He talks to you way more than you listen. There is no way that a person can go from being uh, uh, somebody that has never had a kid in their life, they go through nine months of pregnancy or whatever, and they have a kid come into this world and something inside their life cranks up and they become this parent. I didn't know I could do this. I didn't. And comfort comes over you. And if you think that's not God communicating with you, you are dead wrong. God has put seeds inside of you that his voice wakes up. And there are certain things that has to happen to pull these things out of you. And what God's trying to get you to understand is that he is for you and not against you. If you can accept that God is for you and not against you, then you can absolutely accept that your life can change in a breath. Well, Pastor, I just don't believe that. I understand that you may not believe it, but let's give the Holy Spirit some time to work. Let's not shut him down. 
Let's give him room to work in our lives and actually talk to us enough to get us to become who we're called to become. Is this making any sense to you this morning? I got, I got more points. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to look at my notes for the first time in like 17 weeks. Um, you have to learn to see God correctly. We just dealt with that. You have to learn to see yourself the way God sees you. We just dealt with that. And here's, here is the absolute hardest part is you have to learn to get around and spend time with people that see you the way God sees you. Amen. You are the sum total of the five people you hang around. Now, you may come to church on Sunday, and I may see your church face, but you are the sum total of the five voices you listen to. That's it. And if you're one of those persons that's closed off from the world and you just listen to people at work and they drive me crazy and I can't believe they act like that, do you realize you're the sum, sum total of those people? Unless you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. You have to have right relationships. And listen to me, those right relationships start between you and Jesus, you and the Holy Spirit, then you and yourself. Uh, y'all think I'm crazy. You have to have a right relationship with Jesus, which means you accept what he did. You accept the blood. You cover yourself in it. That opens up the door for the relationship with the Holy Spirit to begin to listen to him and flow his way. And the right relationship with yourself, which means you begin to put your soul in check and you don't listen to your crazy emotions, but you listen to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And you put that relationship in check and you put your, your spirit in charge, not your soul, and your life begins to change. You have to stop accepting that things just happen. That's not true. You create the life that you live. Now, I'm not talking about if something's happened to you that was an accident. We live in a fallen creation, and there's a devil loose. Praise the Lord. There's things that happen. So I'm not saying that. What I am saying, I, I think I described it. <laughs> we, we were talking the other day at, at the house. And, you know, usually most of, most of my, my funny quips come when I'm, I'm just dealing with stuff at home. I know, I know all y'all are perfect and your marriages are wonderful. Uh, but, but me and April, you know, we talk about things aggressively. And uh, she, she was getting on to me. It was over something silly. And I said, and I think I read this somewhere. And I said, uh, I said you know, marriages, marriages are, are fully psychological. Halfway psycho, halfway logical. <laughs> and I'm not real sure who's who right now. And those, and those things flip. And that's funny, but it is true. Now, men, I know, I know the fellas don't want to admit this. But about every six, eight weeks, we go through this moment where we just want to get mad about something. It doesn't even make sense about life. We're just mad. We're just mad about something. Don't even matter what. Find somebody at Walmart. They park sideways. The rest of the day, you're mad about everybody parks sideways. I was on vacation. Y'all got time. We ain't got to be back till six. Y'all got plenty of time. I was on vacation. We were in my hometown. We were going heading down to Dolphin Island. Well, we'd already been to the island and dropped the kids over going back to Walmart. My mom worked at Walmart in, in Tillman's Corner. And, uh, and I was in there all of, what, seven minutes? <laughs> all of seven minutes before three managers were about to cart me out because I just went off on this girl. I mean, I just went nuts. I can't tell you why. Well, I can tell you why she asked for it. But the truth is, <laughs> truth is I wasn't listening to my spirit. And let me tell you about a strong woman. A strong woman. She comes walking up with it because we we got to feed all these kids on the island. And let me, there ain't nothing on the island but sand. So we got to get this food. And I'm mad at this girl. And I ain't gonna tell y'all the whole story. She asked for it, but I shouldn't have gave it. Let me just say it that way. 
And, uh, you know, Chris Rock says, you know, I I don't agree with it, but I understand, you know, that kind of thing. So she comes up with, y'all ever been to the Bailey's house and seen Grocery Day? We got three SUVs full of food, and half of it's gone by the time we get in the pantry. So she comes up with this buggy, and it's, I mean, food's just sliding off the side of it. And I throw my, I said, let me tell you something, we ain't spending a dime here. Let's go. And I turned around and marched off. You know what she said? You so stupid. I am not buying this in another. I am not shopping anymore. Shut your mouth. It was so bad, I got a phone call from the, from the regional manager before I even got out of the parking lot. Yes, I'm your pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's been a long time ago, but it happened. But the truth is, is I was so tired. And I had been spending time trying to minister to people that I, was, I got some of their voices in my head. And I got exhausted and I became very soulish because of my physical exhaustion. And when you're around people that will build you up, they build you up not out of pressure. They build you up because they see the best in you. Now listen, this ain't no whipped cream message. This is the truth. If you get around people that will see the best in you, and let me tell you something, the best in you is the spirit side of you. The best in you is the part of you that's fully connected to God. The best in you is the one that wakes up in the morning and says, something good's happening to me today. Not the one that gets up and goes, God, I got to go to work. Don't answer, but which one are you? Think about that. Ooh, conviction just fell. Because the, tr- <laughs> because the truth is, if you can get all of that under control, people get on to me and they say, well, you're a word of faith guy. You're that just, just say it until it happens. Yeah, I am. I am because I understand that if I'm in my soul, and I, whatever I'm saying in my soul is going to happen. And whatever I'm saying, if I'm over my spirit, if I'm listening to the Lord, whatever I, he's saying to me, I have the right to say and I have the right to see it happen. Now, listen, I'm not, going to say, I'm not that guy that's going to say, go sit at a table calling a million dollars. That's not what I'm saying. Grow up. Let's, let's, not, let's not be stupid about it. What I'm saying is faith. People misunderstand faith, but I'm going to give you a definition of faith, and here it is. Faith is acting on the known will of God. And until you've spent time in prayer and time in your word and God has really dealt with your heart or pulled you in a direction, that's where you put your faith. Not slapping somebody's Cadillac in the, car, in the parking lot saying, it's mine in Jesus' name. That's coveting. That is not faith. Faith is not saying, well, they fly an airplane. Why, should, why can't I have an airplane? That's not faith. Faith is not saying, well, he's got a Rolex. Why can't I have a Breitling? That is not faith. That has been a misinterpretation of what the word of faith is. The word of faith should have been and should have always been. Get quiet with the Lord. Hear what he says and say it. Because whether you know it or not, you are the director of your own life. You cannot buy into this lie that God's in control. You cannot buy into that. You can't find in 66 books of this Bible, you can't find one book of this Bible that there's not a story where God was trying to get something to happen and flesh failed. Y'all with me? Every time I bring that God's in control thing, y'all get tight. But he's not. Well, Pastor, I just you crazy. I ain't never coming back here. God's in control. All right, all right. So if, if God's in control, why are you broke? If God's in control, why we got sickness around here? If God's in control, why are children being molested within 10 miles of this church? If God's in control, why are people ending their race early? God uses believers to put word in them, uses teenagers in high school, uses kids in elementary school, uses people on a job to put you in a position to be that person 
that can pray for whoever it is, wherever it is. I ain't talking about making a spectacle. I'm talking about being a light. And we've, we've passed that off. And we don't want to be that anymore. And I'm not saying you wonderful people, but I'm saying that's what the church has become. Listen, I ain't, trying to, I ain't trying to frustrate you, but listen to me. The church has become an event center. That's what the church has become. If you just come up and we have enough events, we can get 1,000 people. I, I know all about all that stuff. Pentecostal church, on, on the other hand, it's an event center and Pentecostal people. Man, if we got enough people in there laying hands on each other, your, your head all, all oiled up, you know, like a ham. We had church. Yeah, but are you being the church? I, I'm a, listen, you got I was in a Pentecostal revival when, when somebody, when, when the Holy Spirit fell on me and I got up and I was a drug addict no longer. So I'm an absolute believer in the gifts of the Spirit. Y'all have seen me flow. Y'all know that. I'm not coming against them. What I am saying is this. You are meant to be a, a light of what he wants, not a spectacle of what you want. We've made church into be a show. I need to get off that. Listen. No, I ain't. Listen. If, you're, if you think church should be so dead it's a funeral home, you're wrong. But if you think church should be a, a, an absolute concert with, with no real teaching, let's just get 25,000 people saved and get them in a small group, you're wrong. That is an event. Church is meant to challenge this earth to become what it was designed to be. That's what you're called to be. Y'all don't know your authority. You don't know your power. You don't know, you don't know the ability that you have in him because we don't spend enough time in him. We don't settle into a place where we really, really hear what he has to say because if, if, you, if you define your life by your culture, if you define your life by your past, you cannot, listen to me, you cannot you absolutely cannot bring your old into your new you can't you can't start a relationship with Willie and be mad at Fred you cannot do it you can but it's going to be hell on earth it's going to be earthquakes every day you cannot live a life where you're bringing something old into your new you can't it is easy to start something it's easy to leave somebody and get a new relationship that's easy what's hard and what takes the anointing is to get the soul ties broken because what happens is this, and I'm going to try to settle in right here. When you live by soul ties, every emotional thing, good or bad, that's ever happened to you is, is tied to you somehow. If you, you, you may be divorced and not living in the same house with that situation, but that situation's still in you. It's always going to be there because you're a PCU. You're a unit. You keep everything that ever happened to you. And the enemy, his job, is to remind you of what you've gone through in the past to get you to react that way, not God's way. This, this whole red pitchfork devil, he's trying, you know, God, blah, 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 the devil, you know, that's just the devil, you know that. No, 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 he's subtle. He's subtle, and his job is to get you to have bad reactions. Are y'all listening to me? It's bad reactions. It's reactions to... Getting to a place where you say what you say or you say what life says, but you don't say what God says. See, because do you really look at yourself in the mirror and say that you're the head and not the tail? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and say that you're above and not beneath? Can you look yourself in the mirror and say that, that, that God wants everywhere my foot to be everywhere I lay my foot to be prosperous? Can you put yourself in a situation to where you see yourself knowing 
that God has you. Because as you put him in control, and this is the only way you can do it, is you get in this word and you say, this is what you've said. And because this is what you've said, this is what I expect in my life. Amen. Amen. Y'all just bow your heads right where you are. Matter of fact, just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet all across the place. Just bow your heads. I want to say something to you real quick. We got some transitions happening, but just you stay focused on the Holy Spirit right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Matter of fact, let's drop those lights. Let's make it real comfortable. Will y'all drop those, um, those central lights down? If you're in this place, like I, said, I don't want anybody looking around. This is personal. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Allen, I, I don't know Jesus. I thought I did. Or, or you may be that person that, that have been through things and, and different things have told you, well, you, you, you can't be saved. You, you, you're this, you're that, you think this, you think. No, it, listen, Jesus loves you right where you are. He loves you right where you are. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you're in this place and, and you want to accept Jesus as your Savior today, I'm just going to ask you when I count to three, just put your hand up, put it right back down. Nobody is going to pull you out. Nobody's going to drag you out. Nobody's going to put you in another room. <laughs> Nobody's going to embarrass you because I never would go to church because I was afraid somebody was going to embarrass me. This is between you and the Lord. So in the name of Jesus, if you need him, I want you to lift your hands. One, two, three, all across the place. All across the place. Amen. We're all saved in this room. That makes this part so much better. You're in this place. This is my call today. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Allen, I just need somebody to agree with me that we can just move past these soul ties, that we could just move past everything that's got me tied here. I want to walk into what God's called me into. I'm not looking for reactions. I'm not trying to get you to do anything. I just want to pray with you and agree that you can move on with your life, but you move on with your life with Him and that we can put a break and a bind to every tie that's held you back. So April, if you'll come join me, honey. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Allen, I want you to pray for me. I want you to come on now. Just begin to move to the front. It could be one person. It could be all of you. It could be nobody. We're okay. But I know that the Lord has really, really dealt with me on this series about your soul, that we need to get things settled. Come on, just line up across the front. Guys, I want y'all to make sure that we got, we got everybody pulled together. Y'all pull everybody, pull everybody together right up here in the front. In the name of Jesus. Now listen, if you're, if you're new here, I want y'all to understand, if you're new here and you've, you've never seen the gifts and operation, you never heard anybody minister to somebody, I want to go ahead and ease your, your, your pressure and your stress. Nobody on the planet is going to come make you uncomfortable. However, we, we always allow the Holy Spirit to minister to those that come up because these people need breakthrough and there's going to come a time in all of our lives where we need breakthrough. And our, our relationship with Jesus matters, but we can't let our mind get in there. We have to really, really settle in because God wants to break some things today. So all across the place up here, let's start right here, April. Let's start with Miss Christine. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just simply agree. We simply agree right now that every soul tie is broken. Everything that's tied to, to, to mind, to will, to emotions that has absolutely held people back, that's held her back. In the name of Jesus, 
We break those right now. And we ask you, Lord, to pour out on her life, to pour out on who she is. I thank you for the peace of God to be at work like never before. And, Lord, I thank you that every part of her body is every wet hole. We have no idea how many times our soul being tied to something has made our body suffer. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, wholeness from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. Lord, I speak to the Spirit. I speak to the man of God that rests inside of him. We break every soul tie. We break every ounce of pressure. We break everything that would absolutely hold him back from stepping into you fully. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that the man of God is rising up. That every word that comes out of his mouth is focused on what you have to say about him. Not what people say. Not what his past says. Not what all problems say, but what you say. And we thank you for wholeness in every area. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I don't know. I don't know what.